If you think back to the summer of 2020, when we were all collectively losing our minds during shelter in place, the stat that I'm about to share with you would have seemed impossible. And yet 12 months later, here we are. According to the American Psychological Association, nearly 50% of Americans are experiencing symptoms of reentry anxiety. And the interesting point is that the increased number of vaccinations seem to have little effect on our desire to go out and engage with the world again. So when I saw that statistic, I got curious. I ran an informal poll within my own community asking what is the biggest thing that stresses you out when you think about the reopening of America. By a four-to-one margin, my audience said they are much more concerned with losing their freedom and autonomy over their schedule than they are with losing their physical health. So perhaps one of the most important questions we should be discussing right now is how do we return to work without returning to the overwhelm and the hustling grind? Coming up this week on the Life Amplified podcast, I'm going to do a deep dive on my number one strategy that could change your life as we enter the workforce again. Thank you so much for being here. What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank account. I'm Dan Mason, Life Reinvention Coach, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. So today we're going to do a deep dive on how do you set boundaries in your life. And look, this is a buzzword that gets thrown around personal development all the time. A lot of podcasts talk about this, inspirational Instagram accounts. Uh, You watch any YouTube video, people tell you that you need to set boundaries. It's simple, but it's not easy because it is such a multi-layered conversation. There are different types of boundaries, as we're going to establish today on the podcast. And depending on your trauma background and your history, it may be much easier for you to set boundaries in one part of your life than another. In fact, just to give you some context on what we're dealing with, I thought I would share some of the verbatim responses from some of the listeners here to the Life Amplified podcast. Lauren shares that getting laid off and being home full-time has helped her understand her work-life balance. What she needs to do most is find the confidence to set boundaries with her employers from the get-go. Andrea, on the other hand, says she has anxiety around social boundaries. She wants to keep fewer and smaller social obligations on her time, and she doesn't think it's going to happen. Meanwhile, Jennifer is okay with going back to work, but she's more concerned with being around the negative energy of coworkers, particularly those who might not share her views on vaccinations or politics. So she's enjoyed being able to protect her energy working from home, and it's going to be quite the shock and how she deals with coworkers moving forward during a highly charged, very divided time. So there is so much nuance to the conversation of setting boundaries. The truth is, is that the appropriateness of boundaries can depend heavily on the setting that you're in. 
What's appropriate to say when you're out with friends might not be appropriate to say when you're at work. Uh, we've all had the experience of having the coworker who is out the door the minute the clock strikes five. You know, they have got their bags packed. They're gone. They are not going the extra mile. But that person might get home after setting boundaries with their job and not be able to set any boundaries with their parents, their partners, or their kids. Likewise, there are people who have set very rigid boundaries over the lockdown and sort of pushed their loved ones and their family away, but they don't know how to say no to their boss, you know, once they get back into the office. So this is a nuanced conversation that requires many layers, but why don't we start by just talking about what boundaries really are? You know, in my coaching practice, I tell my clients, it's that limiter space between you and another person. It's the place where you begin and the other person ends or vice versa. I mean, the whole purpose of setting a healthy boundary is to protect and to take care of you. I think of one of my uh, clients who's crushing it right now. We've been working together a little over four months when he came to me back in December This is a guy who just felt hopeless. He was totally burned out, and it was because of a lack of boundaries. Maybe you can relate to this. He was the guy that would roll out of bed, you know, a little before 7 a.m., and immediately get into email, and it would be the list of fires that needed to be put out in the office and everybody who needed a piece of his time that day. So here he is planning an agenda for his day to meet everybody else's needs without even rolling over in the morning to kiss his fiancée good morning or to check in with himself to say, what do I need today? What are my priorities? How do I want to feel? Who do I want to be? And when we lack those boundaries in our lives, what ends up happening is we live in overwhelm, we live in anxiety, and it creates resentment, anger, ultimately burnout. And that can happen in the office, that can happen for parents at home. So one of the the smallest 1% shifts that he and I created in our first couple of sessions together coaching was coming up with a routine and morning rituals that he could take care of himself. He was doing some mobility stretching. He was doing meditation. He would spend 20 to 30 minutes reading something that inspired him every morning. And here is what the difference has been in that. Uh, Because of the inspiring reading, he's totally connected to a new sense of personal power and a sense of purpose. Uh, Through the work that we've done in coaching and the time to connect with himself, he's reinvented a new vision for a business idea that he's been percolating on for a while. He's taking action to bring that into the world. And literally an entirely different person four months ago. And what was the foundation of that? It was just setting boundaries with the people around him. You know, depending on what your family dynamics were, and particularly uh, your childhood attachment to your caregivers, there are so many people carrying a belief that, oh my God, if I don't handle it, everything's going to fall apart. The whole house of cards is going to fall, and and then I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to go bankrupt. There's just this sense of over-responsibility that we can carry, and that can make uh, boundaries very difficult. There's also people who are so afraid of being overwhelmed that they're setting overly rigid boundaries and just pushing everyone at bay and keeping the world at arm's length. So we'll talk about that more in a moment. But what I want to get into and have you assess today, uh, particularly as you think about returning to the office and getting back into the quote-unquote real world, are the different sort of boundaries that exist 
and having you reflect on how do you show up differently in each of these different areas of your life. Because when we talk about boundaries, we can't just paint this with one broad brushstroke. You know, it is a nuanced conversation. And the first place that we'll start is we talk about the types of boundaries is physical boundaries. Now, very often this can refer to personal space and physical touch. You know, having healthy physical boundaries would mean that you're aware of what's appropriate and what's not for you in various settings and types of relationships. Uh, Do you feel comfortable going into the office and just doing the old school elbow bump that we've all become accustomed to? Or are you comfortable with a hug? Are you a person that wants a handshake or are you a person that enjoys a kiss on the cheek? Uh, What we've seen, uh, certainly, with so many political figures, and I'm thinking most glaringly right now of Governor Andrew Cuomo, there is a man who had a very different view of physical boundaries than the young women who were working with him. You know, this is a guy who just felt it was appropriate to walk in and embrace people and kiss them. But in 2021, ladies are speaking up. They're saying, that's kind of gross. That makes me feel uncomfortable. It's a violation of my boundaries. They have been speaking up about that. Now, for for purposes of the conversation that we're having today about return to work culture, where I want you to think about this is with physical proximity in the office. You know, we know that there is a portion of Americans who don't believe in the vaccination. In fact, they believe it's harmful. They might be your coworkers. You might be that person, by the way. But what does that mean as we get back into boundaries in the office? So you need to start to figure out, are you a person who wants to maintain that six-foot social distancing boundary for a period of time? Would you feel more comfortable if you're having a lot of anxiety about just going into a full work setting? Uh, Are you a person who wants to ease in and do two days a week? If you're worried about setting boundaries with your schedule and you want that freedom and flexibility of working from home, Uh, Maybe you're going to request the hybrid schedule that we see showing up in so many corporate structures right now. Uh, You need to know what is important for you, and also you need to know how to have the conversation with your higher-ups and your boss. And I would tell you right now, you might be an employer or a boss or a manager who's listening today. Anybody who cares about the emotional well-being the productivity, and ultimately employee retention is going to be engaging their people in this discussion and holding space for that because not everybody is going to have the same level of comfort about just diving back into you know, 40, 50 hours a week in the workplace until we know what the long-term success rates are with vaccinations and, and really you know, are we going to be immune to the other strains that are floating around. So as I said, it's really about knowing how to ask for this and the best way to get your needs met or engage in any conversation. This can be with a boss. This can be with a significant other. This can be with your parents is to keep the focus on yourself. You know, rather than talking to your boss and saying, hey, you got to keep the anti-vaxxers away from me in the office. What you would say is I very much still need personal space. And I would ask that we maintain, you know, six foot distances between the desks or cubicles. You know, really talking about yourself, your emotions and your needs. Nobody can ever tell you that you're wrong. A lot of times what we do in our relationships is we start talking about the other person 
which they can argue that all day long. If you're talking about yourself, nobody can really challenge you. Uh, they might try to, but it, it, that's an ineffective communication strategy. So that's really the first step in setting boundaries is figuring out what you want within these various sort of boundaries that we're talking about, beginning with the physical boundaries and the distance uh, that you're thinking about as you get back into work. The second area that we want to think about are emotional boundaries, right? This includes uh, having healthy boundaries and limitations on when to share, when not to share, what personal information you're going to discuss, uh, your views on vaccinations or politics in the office. We really need to have those hardcore emotional boundaries, which also means we need to know how to respect other people's boundaries. The place where uh, this boundary gets violated is any time Somebody is sharing part of themselves and they get criticized, belittled, or invalidated. If somebody says, well, you, you really shouldn't feel that way, let me tell you why. That's very invalidating for the other person. So it's, it's really just being able to empathize with them. It could be mirroring back what they are saying to you. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to agree with it, but emotional boundaries are going to be so critical, not just at the workplace, but let's also think about our personal relationships. You know, we've realized in the research that's out there, I spoke about this a little bit last week on the podcast, is that women have been disproportionately affected mental health-wise, and that 70% of women say they aren't getting the amount of emotional support they need from their significant other or their partner during the pandemic. They feel like they're taking on more than their fair share of the work between uh, schooling, between uh, doing uh, just keeping up with around the house and at work. Meanwhile, on the other hand, we got 70% of men who were like, I'm crushing it. I've been a great partner. There's a huge disconnect there. And as we start to engage in these conversations, what do we normally do? We want to attack the other person and you know get into these phrases of saying, you always do this. You never do this. The goal, again, is speaking up about what you need. Hey, I need an hour to myself between five and six, you know, to uh, when I come home to get in a workout, to go for a run. Or, you know, that could be uh, uh, the other partner saying, hey, when I come home, I'd like a half hour to go chill out in my boxers and watch SportsCenter. And then I'm totally cool to come out and engage with the family and the kids. But knowing your needs is essential being able to communicate that, and being able to hear the other person. Uh, the third boundary that we're going to discuss today is probably going to be the most difficult for people. Uh, this is the time boundary, right? To have healthy boundaries, you have to set aside enough time for each facet of your life, uh, including your work, your relationship, but also your hobbies, those creative pursuits that light you up. Uh, or the the physical fitness pursuits that will keep you healthy. I know there's a lot of people who put on that quarantine 15. In some cases, I saw a study that said for uh, most adults with kids, the weight gain during the pandemic has been anywhere from 25 pounds to women up to 45 pounds for men. So we want to set that boundary and start making exercise a non-negotiable. How can you negotiate that? Uh, one of my clients 
who's been with me for over a year, I think she and her partner have sort of worked out that they take turns going to the CrossFit gym now that it's open again. Like she signs up for the six o'clock class, races home. He's able to get out for the 7.30 class. And, you know, it's just like, you know, they're tag teaming it, right? They're just sort of like slapping high five on the way out the door, but they're able to make it work. So time boundaries going to be so important for you uh, individually, but also to work out with your partner. The fourth boundary that I think is relevant to the conversation about returning to work, it's the material boundaries. This refers to money, the budget. What is the number one thing that couples argue about? What is the number one thing that usually leads to divorce? It's arguments over money. And during a time where one partner might have become unemployed because of the economy and the shutdown, here's a good chance now to set limits on what gets shared, what gets spent, you know, how much spending money is in the budget and for what. Uh, so we really want to start to think about that as it refers to money and possessions, right? You know, material boundaries, it, it might be appropriate to lend a car to your cousin who's, whose car is in the shop, but you wouldn't do it to somebody. You wouldn't lend your car to somebody that you met two days ago, Right. So the violation with material or monetary boundaries happens when somebody steals, damages another person's possession, or when they're trying to pressure or guilt somebody into giving them more than is their fair share. So that money manipulation piece can become a thing. Knowing what that boundary is for you and also being able to express it. Now, there are so many other boundaries, you know, intellectual, sexual boundaries, but they apply less to this return to work culture. What I'd love for you to get clear on today is starting to assess what are my physical boundaries when I get back into the office? What are my emotional boundaries, particularly with coworkers I haven't seen since the election and everybody's got some hot take political view about the president, about vaccinations. What is that going to look like for you? Also, your emotional boundaries within your relationships. What kind of support do you need emotionally from your partner uh, to make it through this transition? You know, if you think about it, it took us the better part of a year to adjust working from home. It could be another year trying to get back into a brand new routine that works for everybody. Uh, also, time boundaries, right? How can you use your time? How can you carve out time in your life in ways that you're able to meet the demands of work, your relationship, and your hobbies? And also thinking about those money and material boundaries. What is the budget right now? Are you a family that's taken a step back financially because of the pandemic? Uh, but what do you want to do? Uh, moving forward, and what does that look like? You might want to ask your partner to go take a, a job, make sure that they get a job and that they're applying if they haven't done so. The other piece that I wanted to get into today, we talked about the areas that we can set boundaries in, but the other piece of this is really talking about the three kinds of personal boundaries that exist, right? There are limits and rules that we set for ourselves, but there are some people that have very porous boundaries. You know, they, like they'll set the boundary 
and then they collapse on themselves the minute that they're challenged. I always think of the analogy of the uh, slab of the border wall that was floating around on YouTube. Like, you know, we spent all this money building this super high border wall, and then there was a huge rainstorm, and the thing just blew over. (laughs) But that's how some of us live our lives when it comes to setting boundaries, right? So if you're a person with really weak boundaries, uh, you're a person who might overshare personal information with people that you don't know. Uh, You're definitely a person that could have difficulty saying no to the requests of others, you know, if you're a person who like is getting asked to meet a new, you know, to work through the weekend to get some project done and you find yourself saying, well, I wasn't going to do this, but I'll make an exception this time. But this time has been happening repeatedly every weekend for the past six months. Yeah, you have very weak personal boundaries. Also, people with weak personal boundaries get over involved in the problems of others. You can get a little rescuey and want to uh, save other people, but at your own expense, that you're not even really able to take the time to save yourself or address the challenges in your life because you're so busy being emotionally available to other people. Uh, Also, when we talk about these weak boundaries, you can be dependent on the opinions of others. You know, you get very anxious. You want to know you're sort of seeking permission before you make a change in your life. And people with weak boundaries are very accepting of abuse and disrespect. You tolerate a lot of unnecessary crap from other people. And why do we do this? Because ultimately we fear rejection if we don't comply with others. So those are the people with the weak boundaries. However, the opposite side of this that is also equally unhealthy are the people that have rigid boundaries. There are people that have confused setting boundaries with avoidance and isolation over the last year. If you are setting boundaries in a way to avoid intimacy and close relationships, there's a lot of people like, hey, look, my work is very important to me, so I need to make my work my focus right now There's layoffs coming, but what they really don't want to do is be emotionally present for their partner or children, right? That's an avoidant trait. Uh, Masquerading as, oh, I'm setting healthy boundaries right now. Uh, People with really rigid boundaries also struggle to ask for help. They have very few close relationships. They're very protective of their personal information. They don't like to open up and share themselves. So as a result, they can come across as detached. And that can be either with family or their significant other. Ultimately, if you're setting rigid boundaries, you keep other people at a distance in order to avoid the rejection. And really, when we look at this, you know, the people with the rigid boundaries versus the weak boundaries, the conversation that we're really having is about attachment, which we've talked about so many times on this podcast. The way that you learn to get your needs met uh, growing up, the way that you, learn, that you learn to connect emotionally and psychologically with the world based on the quality of care that you got from your caregivers. You know, when we talk about weak boundaries, it's anxious attachment. Those are people that are just so worried that people will leave them that they'll do anything. They'll become anybody to please another person, right? They, they, they have a hard time saying no because they're terrified that they're going to be abandoned at the end of the day. People with rigid boundaries, this also gets into avoidant attachment, which means 
you grew up in a home where there was probably a really cold response to your needs. So it's hard for you to even open up or to rely on other people because there's some subconscious coding that says, screw it, these a-holes aren't going to show up for me anyway. So no matter whether you're a person with rigid boundaries or really weak boundaries, what we want to move into is building healthy boundaries. This could also be known as having secure attachment. This is what happens when you value your own opinion. You trust your internal GPS and your internal guidance above all else. You don't compromise your values for others. You can share personal information in an appropriate way that doesn't either overshare or undershare. Uh, You know your personal wants and needs, and you're very comfortable communicating them. Also, you're very comfortable saying no to other people if it violates your boundaries, and you're accepting when other people say no to you. So I want you to think about that now and really break down these three sorts of boundaries. Do I have rigid boundaries, weak boundaries, or healthy boundaries when it pertains to those areas we talked about earlier? with your physical boundaries, with your emotional boundaries? What kind of boundaries do you set with your time and with your money and material possessions? And what you'll start to realize is you're probably not showing up with one form of boundaries in every category. It can be a moving target, right? Uh, We have a different mix of boundary types. Somebody could have very healthy boundaries with work. You could have weak boundaries in romantic relationships and be a mix of all three types that we've discussed with your family. But the exercise for you that's really going to help you move forward is to do that inventory. You know, what kind of boundaries do you have in each of those areas that we laid out? And start to ask yourself, What are specific actions that you could take to improve your boundaries? What are you afraid of that will happen if you start to better enforce the boundaries in your life? But also really getting clear on how your life is going to be different. How will your life improve once you've learned to establish healthy boundaries? So it's a very nuanced conversation Uh, And if this is something that you'd like some additional support on to work through, now is the time to get really clear on what your needs are moving forward in the workplace, in your relationships, with your family and friends, with your money. Let's start to create that new game plan that's going to set you up for success. Because when you have healthy boundaries, you can return to work, you can return to the real world, but you don't have to return to the old way of being burned out and overwhelmed. And if this is an area where you'd really like some expert support to hone in and create that up level, uh, my coaching programs are the best container to help you create change quickly. I think of you know, the client I shared with at the top of the podcast, this is somebody who went from overwhelmed and burned out into his job to completely reinventing a brand new lane in his career. Talk about being able to set healthy boundaries. He pretty much went to his bosses and said, hey, this is the opportunity that the company needs. Here's why I'm the man to do it. And by the way, if you don't want to use me in this way, I'm just going to go start my own business (laughs) and do this on my own. And you know what's happening? They're changing his role. So he is lit up. He's totally transformed his career in life. And that's just been in a span of four months. I would love to help you create that next level 
in all of your relationships in your life so that you have more balance, more freedom, and more control over your future, over your free time. Uh, You can go to my website, get more info. You can apply for coaching there, creativesoulcoaching.net. Once you fill out that coaching application, you can set up a complimentary discovery call to talk more about where you're at, where you want to go, and how we can help you close the gap and get there sooner. Also, if the podcast is serving you this week, if this is something that is timely or relevant for you or for somebody special in your life who is really struggling and anxious about the reopening of the world, uh, could you please share this with them? It would mean the world to me. The goal here has always been to impact an audience of 100 million people globally. So every time you leave that share, it helps us out. Make sure that you give us a follow on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to. Spotify, iHeartRadio, give us a follow on Apple. We will also happily accept your five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, It does mean a lot when you take the time to uh, share how this podcast is impacting your life. And if you have any breakthroughs today, if you had an aha moment, be sure to screenshot the podcast. Just slide into my DMs on Insta. You can find me there at CSC. Dan Mason. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.